Moshon is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 88 of the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, on the Instagram, and follow everything Built in Buffalo has given you at Built in Buffalo underscore Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. We're taking over. Just follow at Built in Buffalo underscore. Check us out. We are your hosts, of course. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? We are two witty boys. I am getting giddy boys because it's a draft episode. Talking about the Bills. Preferred pickles are the Dills. What's up, Matt? Great to see you this evening. Can't wait to what get into it? it. Oh, Skater Boy. Skater Boy. <laughs> is that by the real Avril Lavigne or the new real Avril Lavigne? <laughs> I mean, I have to think both. Okay. Is you don't buy into the Avril Lavigne conspiracy? They replaced no, I her? buy. I don't buy into that she was replaced per se. Okay. I mean, she was replaced, so I guess I do buy into that. But I'm buying into <laughs> that she was improved. Oh. So okay. yeah, Skater Boy is good by way to Avril look Lavigne. At it. But when the new Avril Lavigne says it or sings it, performs it. Mm, New level. New level. The new Avril Lavigne is so much better. Yeah. New <laughs> really the only conspiracy theory I've ever bought into is the, the replacement of the by the doppelganger Avril Lavigne. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But, Tony, we got big show. We got our draft talk. We're starting up this episode. We're going to get into some of our favorite offensive players of the draft, as well as some of our favorite Bills draft moments. But first, let's get into some Bills and uh, Sabres talk, I guess, because we had a oh. big debut this week. One Mr. Owen Power. Mm. Tony, does this hit your radar at all? He debuted Tuesday night against the Maple Leafs in a 5-2 mm-hmm. win for the Sabres. Played over 20 minutes. All his family wasn't in attendance including grandma yvonne who's a big celebrity apparently in the in the power family she was, was right there first row when he got drafted I, I mean she feels like one of our she feels like her and sister jean are like the new age golden girls pretty much here was, grandma yvonne just, and sister jean <laughs> i was just about to say she is the new sister jean she is buffalo's sister jean we she finally is, have and, our and, sister jean. and can i just say as far as grandmas go adorable she's the best she brings it every time she's on camera and every time she's off camera. And Owen wouldn't be where, where he is without this grandma in, in such in such just frail elderly support. Really bring it. She's I'm a big fan. And I hope that I hope that uh someone makes t-shirts about her before it's too late. Maybe that someone is a podcast. I don't know. And then well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Or one of the many Buffalo t shirt organizations. The many. Uh, she's great. It is on my radar. Owen Power is in there. Now, let me ask you this. When it comes to Owen Power puns, where does your mind go first? Oh, that is a great question. Puns I mean, or just I like go... marketing the last name Power in general? Like, how, where does your mind yeah, go first? Yeah. I mean, 
you can go so many ways. Like just on Twitter alone this past week on the on Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, I put a with great power comes great responsibility. Okay. On. I put I put a he-man instead of saying I have the power. I said I am the power. Mm. Thought that was a good reference. You can go to the 90s dance tune track by snap i've got the power i mean there's so many ways to go with the owen power puns where do you go ever since he has been in the zeitgeist of buffalo sports the only thing that goes through my mind is and i don't remember what movie it's from some animated movie that's like there's some side character that goes by up but but i <laughs> always say power? yeah it's like by up <laughs> and that and i don't know what movie it's from but I always think when I hear his name, I think Owen Power. <laughs> well, I have to look Owen that up. Power. Listeners, if you know what that reference is from, I think this is the first like pop culture reference that I don't get. Wow. Yeah. Fire Power. Who is that from? I don't know. I am completely. I when, the, when I think of like Fire Power, I think of like Mario Fire Flowers or something. <laughs> giving power. Oh, ups. yeah. That'd be another good. That's where my mind goes. T-shirt. <laughs> but big draft pick debuting. Again, it feels like the Sabres are fun again. There's a lot of hype and momentum with the Sabres organization. Finally, after the game, they gave him the, I guess it's the traditional Sabre MVP, which was kind of cool. I hope he gave it to Grandma Yvonne because there's nothing more a 92-year-old old lady needs than a sharp-bladed Sabre. <laughs> so, and she deserves I'm, it. I'm just loving. She deserves it. She does. For all she's she's put up with her prodigy hockey grandson she does deserve it but i i just love this organization they're they're turning me tony they're turning me into a fan again me too i mean this is a high point of the past many many years to see not only in terms of the hope we're talking about but in terms of likability of this team every clip that comes in i'm here for and i'm really enjoying it just like it's the bills who has more fun than the same <laughs> who has more fun yeah just like the bills tony that's some good news this week in buffalo sports but moving on to our other organization the buffalo bills not so good news this week and i'm gonna start with one alex carrington former buffalo bill defense alignment this week was a rest for a multitude of things, including driving while intoxicated, a loaded handgun, speeding, headlight out, resisting arrest. The man really hit hit all the checkpoints on his uh, arrest resume here. And the craziest part was, I can't believe Alex Carrington's still in Buffalo. I was That's what shocked. I said. Everything about that police report and subsequent article was just quintessential Lockport to me. <laughs> if you if you read it. Every word was just like, yep, that's Lockport. Like, that's all the criteria of Lockport. Right. Everything I know about Lockport <laughs> is that. And Shout then, out to our listeners in Lockport. <laughs> shout out Lockport. We love you. We love you, Lockport. We love you. Transit <laughs> driving. Love you, Lockport. That's right. Wow, transit driving is technically in Lockport. Shout out to the locks. We all had great field trips there growing up. Oh, yes. Love but seeing now that a new water lock. rising and falling. <laughs> That's right. Now there's a new Lockport lock, and he's getting locked up. It's the Lockport locked up, and it's Alex Carrington. What is, what is he still doing in Buffalo? <laughs> what is he doing I, in Lockport? I have so many questions about this. The thing is, like, it's not like he made friends on the Bills and then is like, right. well, I'll stay here with my friends all in Lockport. It's not like other Bills are living in Lockport. What's like going he was on a staple in this, of this organization? And he was doing like community effort and all this like stuff. I mean, what, what is going on in this guy's life is right. That would make him stay in Buffalo. They would make, I have I, so many I questions. Can, I, I can't I can't dog anyone for staying in Buffalo after their NFL career. Sure. After their pro sports career. I mean, they all, everyone seems to like it here. We do, <laughs> but we do. I can't, I can dog him for being like, what are you doing all the way up there? 
Where do you? What are you doing where, what's going on in Lockport? And that that is the perplexing part to me. And uh, also, how do you make all those bad decisions? <laughs> right. It's very reminiscent and has the vibes of the Cyrus Quandro arrests. But except this time, the suspect was wearing pants from a couple okay. of years ago when Cyrus uh-huh, Quandro uh-huh. was arrested in a field in Elma wearing no pants. And I had the same reaction as well. Former Bills player, high draft pick, just got arrested, not wearing pants. And my first question was, why is he still in Buffalo? What is he still doing in Buffalo? I'm completely shocked that these guys uh, from the drought era who aren't mainstays in the organization, it's not like Fred Jackson or Kyle Williams or these guys who indoctrinated themselves to the city and, and really took to the city and stuck around and guys like Eric Wood and Cyrus Quanjo and Alex Carrington. It's shocking to me. Carrington was a third round pick of the, the Bills, played over 60 games of his NFL career, most majority of those with the Bills, known for blocking kicks with his mega hands. It reminds me of like Marcus Stevenson, how like people call him Flash or Speedy or whatever mm-hmm. they call him. Mm-hmm. And we don't think he's very fast. Right. Like, I'm sure Alex Carrington has big hands, but it's like, okay, <laughs> make a sack with those big hands or something. Oh, geez. I don't know. Really putting this guy on blast. Well, he's not probably not listening. Oh, well, maybe he is. He's got a lot of time on his hands now, I'm guessing. He blocked six kicks as of May 4th, 2015. Six. Okay. That's a significant. Four, amount. Okay. Four field goals, two like extra less. point attempts. Okay. Saving those two points huge yeah i mean for as rarely as it happens come on give give credit no that's more than i thought so my my bad alex carrington if you're listening (laughs) thank you for having those mega hands blocking kicks Mm. tony moving on though unless you have more to say about a former 2010s bills who's just been arrested we miss you alex We miss you dearly. We can't wait we to see you, you leading the charge next season. Oh, man, that would be unreal. Him and OJ and Co. Simpson. Him and OJ. Maybe we should oh get the God. Simpsons together. The the O Simpsons for a leading, for a leading of the charge. The O OJ Simpsons. and Co. The, yeah, the O Simpsons. OJ. OJ and Co. The KOJ Simpsons. The KOJ, yeah. That would be their WWE tag team nickname, KOJs. <laughs> Tony, the other bad news at One Bills Drive this week, not a fan favorite of ours and many out there. Bobby Hart has been re-signed by the Buffalo Bills. I mean, we're getting into Ruvel Martin territory where this guy just gets signed and cut and signed and cut multiple times over and over. But whereas Ruvel Martin was a decent, solid depth player, special teams contributor, Bobby Hart just stinks. <laughs> Bobby Hart stinks on the field. He stinks off the field. What is Brandon Bean thinking here? Oh, if I knew the answer to that question, I wouldn't talk so much shit about Bobby Hart all the time, every in every facet of my life. But the I do. Thing is everyone talks about Bobby Hart. I know. The first. I'd like to think I was a big you, part of it, though. <laughs> you definitely contributed. Mm-hmm. If you Google search Bobby Hart as a bad person, the first thing that pops up is a Reddit thread titled "A Collection of Moronic Posts by Bobby Hart," and it is a list or screenshots <laughs> of Bobby Hart posting about Bill Cosby or sexual preferences or how if medicine worked why do we keep refilling our prescriptions Mm. or how about how frosted flakes are poison or vaccination Mm -hmm. conspiracies i mean he makes cole Mm -hmm. beasley look look docile in comparison with his vaccination conspiracies the the best part of all this is the reddit post is titled a collection of moronic posts by bobby hart the first comment literally the top comment was as i quote don't delete mods we all hate bobby hart (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's so true. we are not we are not alone. 
No, of course not. This is the hatred has followed him throughout his entire career. When he was at the Bengals, I got the report from Bengals fans. Good riddance. We don't have to deal with that headache anymore. What I believe in is that guard is on the radar for the draft. So I have to believe then that only pushes Bobby Hart more and more off of the practice squad, off of the fringe player that we sign and bring back. It's time that the depth will only increase now enough that Bobby Hart will go elsewhere. The only unfortunate part is that I feel like if we've proven anything, it's that maybe we're the only ones still falling for his tricks. Maybe it's easy for him to get out there because he can't catch on with another team. So he's yeah, always just going to be available for us. I guess so. You're right, though. He's just so Bengals bad. fans didn't like him. He's so bad. He's so bad on the field, too. If anybody watched any snaps during the preseason last year, poor Mitch Trubisky just getting killed or Davis Webb or whoever, not named Josh Allen, because I swear, unless it's a break glass in case of emergency moment, if Bobby Hart is on the field with Josh Allen at the same time, I am going to throw a rock through my television and a large one at that. Mitch Trubisky, Davis Webb, whoever was sacked multiple times by the guy Bobby Hart should have been blocking last preseason. He is a complete liability in terms of getting other guys injured. I, I just don't know. Like I know Brandon Bean likes the competition during training camp got to be a better guy out there <laughs> and a better locker room guy too. just bring an undrafted guy in have a young guy get used to this organization or get a shot i mean we've seen bobby hart he's in his what ninth year now he kind of is who he is he's not ma- massively improving unless aaron cromer has some magic fairy dust he can sprinkle over bobby hart the athleticism's not there the technique's not there cromer do your best <laughs> what I was going to say. It's Cromer. It's Cromer's challenge now. And if anybody can do it, it's the perception that people have of Cromer. So we'll see if it goes down that road. But I'm kind of thinking we're not really going to see him anymore. I mean, I think he'll be in camp, obviously. But right. I think I think it, I think his time is dwindling. <laughs> I hope you're right, Tony. Moving on to more positive news. Josh Allen was at the Masters this week. And he's a huge celebrity. He's a huge celebrity. He's at the Masters. He's featured on TMZ with the headline, Buffalo Bills superstar hits LA hotspot with smoking girlfriend. So be will get. Yeah, I didn't like that very much. You don't like it? I mean, we could be a little more respectful. Well, it's TMZ. We can. Well, I see, we as society. You have higher regards for society. And the dog society. It's a really deep cut, really deep reference from <laughs> Billy Madison when he's explaining the children's book. Oh, yes, a yes, metaphor, right. As a metaphor that's for right. like the dog society. <laughs> and then I always suggested, oh, we should uh, society as a good dog name. But then it's too deep of a reference. Nobody else gets it. Right. Like seven's a good kid name. Right. But that's a reference that people actually get. And people right. are naming their kids seven. Really? Huh? Good for them. Yeah, it like made the list last year or something. It just goes to past discussions and past episodes about Josh Allen's kind of celebrity status now. And I'm hoping it doesn't get to his head, Tony. He's following Tiger Woods at the Masters. I just read a story. Tiger Woods' next tournament is going to be a pro-am, which means professionals and amateurs alike playing together. Mm. Could Josh be booking a one-way ticket to Ireland to play it with Tiger Woods? I don't know. Could be. Now he's featured on he TV. He likes golf. He does like golf. It's all matching up. Maybe him and Tiger are best friends now. I don't know. He's on. Who are him and Brittany going to dinner with? Maybe who are they going to dinner with? Maybe. I don't know. Coming to dinner. Bill Nicholson. Those are the only (laughs) two golfers I know. (laughs) Yeah. Those are good polls. Good polls. Yeah. (laughs) 
You know, two. Those are two two ones to know. But TMZ has him labeled as a superstar. This is national notoriety now, Tony. Do we have the first in what I can only imagine has been the longest time? A quote-unquote national superstar, a global superstar, somebody who in a foreign country who's just watching the NFL for the first time is going to watch Josh Allen because he's that level of superstar now? Have we reached the peak? We have not reached the peak, but we have reached the level that you are describing. He's all over the place. And the headlines come in, as you said, he's getting (laughs) the superstar treatment in places that he goes. The paparazzi is flying. All of this action is. When are we going to see him and Britney in a commercial together? I feel like that could happen at any given time. I would say we're there. Progressive might be looking for a new spokesperson here soon. Oh, yeah. No, but I don't (laughs) want to. I don't. I do not want him to take on the insurance curse. I am not willing to risk the insurance curse with Josh. But I am thinking that there's the superstar status, and I am thinking what you did that like a little bit of caution will it mess him up? Because I look at I look at someone like Aaron Rodgers. Guy has a lot of celebrity opportunities. Guy's brain is also scrambled. I don't want that to happen to Josh. So that is what has me. That's what has me the most. uh, A little bit like pumping the brakes. Yeah, like Alex Harrington, right? But Josh is doing Buffalo Wild Wings, Bitcoin, Cash App. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's starting starting small. He's got the local stuff with Lester. You're right. The insurance curse is, is looming, Tony. Could he be the, the one to break it? He oh. had a Madden curse for so long. Now there's no more Madden curse because Mahomes won a Super Bowl after being on the cover of Madden. Could Josh be on the cover of Madden? Is he that big? I, I was thinking that that could definitely happen. First Bills player ever to be on the cover of Madden. Mm-hmm. I was definitely thinking that could happen. And it has me a little bit frightened for all the reasons that we have already mentioned. Curses, Josh. brain scrambles. <laughs> this is like Dharma Initiative brain scramble stuff, right? Oh, of course. Of course. Stick him in a Faraday box. <laughs> that That's the level we've reached, though, with Josh. He's so good now, and he's been consistently good and progressively getting better year after year that it can't be all the talk last year was... Josh coming back down to earth, but now he's so good. And now he's shown it on every level that we're more subjected to superstitious stuff to kind of knock us back down to earth. I, I don't know if that's a good thing, but I feel like we're just fishing for anything that that could be negative towards Josh Allen or could have a negative effect on Josh Allen and just trying mm-hmm. to like do away with it. Yeah. Well, what I feel like we're doing is we're acting as Buffalonians would as Buffalo sports fans would Protective. in that we're saying we're waiting for what is going to be the thing that ruined that bursts our bubble. Right. What will be Trent Edwards' concussions? What will be Co Simpson's uh, episode? Million dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's it going to be, be with Josh? What will be Marcel Darius drag racing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What will so be I hope, with Josh. Hopefully nothing. I hope nothing. Like if if you had asked me, do you want this to happen to Josh? I would say no to all of it. That's a good point. We obviously mm-hmm. don't want anything negative to happen to Josh. We will protect him with our lives. We I mean, will... in these opportunities, like if you ask me, do you want Josh to be on the cover of Madden? I would say no. Do not. Do not. Play yeah, with because we don't like want. That. Yeah, we don't want any superstitious. Right. Alternate negativity, whatever coming upon him, if you will. So but it's nice to have a superstar in Buffalo. I think that's safe to say. Tony, Josh was synonymous with a great NFL draft moment. For the Buffalo Bills organization, he set the tone 
He was the start of a new era, a new direction for the organization. Are you ready to talk NFL drafts and maybe a guys who can add to that direction, who can get us that Lombardi trophy? Are you ready? I'm ready to talk all of that right after I say this. Faya Pawa is from Night at the Museum 2, Battle of the Smithsonian. Who said What character says that? It is said is it by... Owen Wilson? No, no, no. It's said by an animated character. It's said by like a... I don't know exactly what statue it is. Oh, isn't it said by like... It's a statue. Oh, yeah. oh, it's... It's the statue the bear? of uh, like Atlas, like no, no, like Atlas, like Atlas with the oh, holding the globe. Yeah, I think I think I don't know. It's a statue, okay. and he's a muscular man All in right. statue form. Well, fire power to <laughs> Owen Power. Out of any power reference, you come up with Night of the Museum Two Battle of the Smithsonian. Yeah, I definitely thought it was more mainstream. I definitely thought it was more mainstream. <laughs> I thought it was like a squirrel in Ice Age. That, Maybe uh, my brain is scrambled. That's very. That's very telling. Yeah. That's very telling to your movie preferences. What is what is sticking in the lexicon of your I movie even, rankings here? If you, would, if you hooked me up to, a, to if you hooked me up to a polygraph test and you asked me on the lie detector test, have you ever seen Night at the Museum Two: Battle of the Smithsonian? I would have said no, and it would not have jumped because I did not know I had seen it. But apparently, I have this somewhere in my brain, so <laughs> I must have seen it. Like last week, I can give you a little bit of credit for Snoopaloop because <laughs> Old School is such a classic movie, but. <laughs> Battle right. of the Smithsonian Night at the Museum 2. Oh, I, I don't know. I can't get there. Sorry, Tony. Look, Matt, it's episode 88, okay? I know. It's our Dawson Knox episode. We're running out of movies. <laughs> We're running out of yeah, movies. We're running Knox out of references. Episode, of Another man who deserves a statue in the Smithsonian, Marv Levy. <laughs> Ready to let Marv take it away? Owen Power. Marv, take it away. We will be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony, chime the bells. That infamous pick is in sound. Bing. Hit Roger Goodell's chair out of the warehouse. Hopefully that Bing doesn't come again. back this year. That was... <laughs> Hopefully you that have... doesn't come back. That was absolutely ridiculous. How how does nobody right. pull a Rick James on that chair and just start stomping him? Like happy old couch. Chappelle show. Oh, okay. I'm over here referencing Groundhog's Day. You're over here on Chappelle show. We are in <laughs> different worlds. We are in two different worlds. Charlie Murphy, Rick James, Rick James stomping on the couch with his dirty shoes. Come on. That's all I thought about with that big leather chair from Roger Goodell. Also didn't bring back the big jar of M&Ms. Like, come on. Mm. You're going to go in, go in all the way, Roger Goodell. Anyway, yeah. Tony, even NFL having the chair on favorite. stage was like, we're trying too hard moment. I thought. Yes, absolutely. So if you're going to mm-hmm. try too hard, try too hard all the way. Um, right. Tony, the NFL draft, one of our favorite times of the year. Let's start our draft discussion. We're going to do a live mock and talk about who we'd like the Bills to target throughout the draft on the offensive side of the ball. Let's start our discussion with our top three favorite Bills draft moments ever. Maybe not favorite, maybe most memorable. Could be bad, I guess, uh, because the Bills have had some stinkers in terms of who they drafted. But Tony, would you like to do the honors or would you like me to go first? I go first so often, Matt. I would love to bequeath the first pick unto you. Oh, thank you, Tony. That's so nice of you. For my first pick of my favorite, or maybe the most memorable Bills draft moment, when I was doing research, this was actually before I was born, but I just think it goes to the ups and downs and maybe more of the downs of this organization throughout our lifetime. I'm going to go to 1964, well before we were born. 
The Bills' first-round pick that year, number five overall, a guy by the name of Carl Eller, who was a defensive end. He was drafted fifth overall by the Bills. Guess who was drafted sixth overall in that pick by or in that draft by the Vikings? Tony. Also, Carl Eller. What? What is going on? <laughs> yes. So before the merger of the AFL and the NFL. Guys could be drafted by teams from both leagues and got to choose which one to play for. Carl Eller chose the Minnesota Vikings, went on to have a Hall of Fame career, never played a down for the Bills, and they wasted a draft pick on it. So we talk about like during the drought era, Billsy things. It started 40 years prior, Tony, in 1964, oh, when Carl Eller did not choose the Bills to play for and chose the Vikings instead. And that's where I think the Billsiness started of the Bills organization. So that's my first pick. I can't believe Jeffrey J. Miller never told us about this. He didn't? That's shocking. Yeah, like that's exactly the kind of thing you would think he'd be all over. But oh, we here we to, are. We, I mean, they didn't really we read the get book him on the either, show. But yeah, we got to get him on the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it could be in the book. You didn't read it. <laughs> it potentially could be in the book, but I feel like I would have thumbed my way to it. Tony, what's your first pick? Okay, so all right, I'm going to say it's a draft moment, but it's not per se. It's something that happened on draft day, okay. but it's not per se that. Uh, and it's the acquisition of Drew Bledsoe. Oh, nice. That was so for, I think, the age we were for the period of time that we had been experiencing with the Bills. And I think that like just sort of like a new level of comprehension was just kind of sinking in and when it comes to the Bills. And that mm. was one of the first times, I think, in a little bit that the Bills were the talk of the town once again. Right. You know, maybe since like the mid-90s that the Bills were at the forefront of this league, that what the Bills were doing was on the lips of every pundit and an analyst. And that was a lot of fun. And to say and to be witness to those discussions, especially at a time when content was not, you know, obviously not what it was today. So it was just like great to be watching something like the draft, which I have always loved. And normally it's like, all right, you're sitting through like a lot of what other teams are doing and you only kind of care. Not on that draft day. That draft day belonged to the Bills because we traded for Drew Bledsoe. What a thrill. So I'm going with, right. I'm going to go with the acquisition of Drew Bledsoe. It was wild. Think- and then it worked out for eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. We'll always have that opening day against the Patriots. Yes, we will. Man, what a Sam yeah. Ad- that was the Sam that was Adams interception. Laura Moore's yeah. first game. My I first mean, game as a season ticket holder. There you go. See, memorable on all fronts. That was the first time I was since the, the golden era of Kelly Smith Reed. Thurman the first time I was like genuinely thinking that the Bills were a very good team (laughs) (laughs) even through Flutie and Johnson and Music City Miracle and all that like that roster just was so it seems so stacked on paper I mean you had Mm -hmm. Bledsoe you had Mold you had Travis Henry on defense you had Sam Adams and Takeo Spikes and London Fletcher and Lawyer Malloy and Whitner and Clement like these guys were all really good NFL players first time I was like, since the golden era, I was genuinely excited because I thought the Bills had a really, really good team. And they did. They lost they to, were, they were they lost lost to the backup the Steelers. Yeah, it was insane. I think about that often, maybe too often. Like, it's just crazy how many studs were on that team to lose like that. Blow it, to blow it like that. How? It seems impossible. It seems impossible looking back. Yeah. What changes if the team makes the playoffs? If they beat the backup to the Steelers that final week of the season, make the playoffs, maybe win a game or two. I don't think they were Super Bowl caliber, but there's a whole like 
half of the organization through the drought era change just from making the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like I mean, the ultimate what if. I would say I have to think no, because I have to think that it would have bought time to something that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Then all of a sudden, you know, the next season doesn't work out and the next season doesn't work out, but we'll still be saying it's like, well, yeah, but they made the playoffs that time. So that gives a, gives us a little more leeway. And then we were just would have been prolonging whatever. Maybe we wouldn't have made the playoffs till 2018. I don't know. There's so many, so many what ifs in that scenario. <laughs> you could plan your head. Like what if they do leave make it the playoffs? For loss. Do... Leave, it, leave it for the island, you know? Yeah. Leave it for the island. Like, do they attract better free agent? You know, so many tangents you can go off on. And that was the the height of the uh, the pajama jersey era, of course. We failed to mention that. Bring them back, I say. Let's see those terrible looking jerseys on a Super Bowl contending team like this modern day Bills team. Oh, don't even joke. I hope they never come back. That was that was rough. That was a rough time. <laughs> rough era. Did we go from the worst sort of like holistically collective? era of buffalo sports jerseys to the best seemingly overnight from the drought 2000s bills jerseys and the slugs and if memory serves those mets bison jerseys to yeah current bills jerseys back to sabers jerseys as we know them and love them and then the blue jays took over we try to we try to just modernize the look of these teams and right they were terrible looking and then they went back to uh, a tried and true method of classic looks and jerseys and color schemes. So the wheel doesn't need to be reinvented. If the jersey looks good and it adds some communal significance, you know, some gravitas in the in the city, like don't change it. We're fine. Mm-hmm. This city so, needs some gravitas. Yeah. You're right. The city has some gravitas. Yeah. Looking up. Everything's the battleships up. can't even stay above water. It's got so much gravitas. <laughs> How about that? It's bananas. USS Sullivan sh- sinking yeah. today. We got ships sinking in the harbor our pets heads are falling off <laughs> every time i see something like that i just think of well they don't do it anymore at least i don't think like wgr used to do the winer line oh yeah so uh-huh. just what runs through my head when i see a, a ship down at canal side in buffalo sinking is just like the guy in the winer line being like the sabers have been a sinking ship for years now <laughs> or something you know something <laughs> stupid like that because that's all the winer line was, was just Right. Dumb idiots calling in with their nonsense. What happened? Did that, did that thing sink? I mean, it's it's tough to answer that based on uh, semantics, I think, because it was only in five feet of water. So, like, okay. do you count that as sinking? I mean, it's on the bottom. It's keeled over. <laughs> is, is that sinking? I think gone. yes. <laughs> it gone. Oh, well. That's what happened in Buffalo history books today. <laughs> Mark it down. Uh, Tony, my second pick for most memorable draft moment. I got to go right to 2014. Doug Whaley. He's not privy to anything in the organization, but he's privy to training up for Sammy Watkins. Stands out in two ways to me. One, I was in utter shock. I remember being at our friend's house watching the draft and all of a sudden the bills are on the clock much sooner than we expected and secondly it was Merrill because I was certain we were trading up for Khalil Mack oh yeah when we didn't take him I was ticked off Khalil Mack went five Sammy Watkins four Khalil Mack of course UB prospect keeping him in his hometown the first really UB prospect to be drafted this high to have this notoriety. I was 100% confident the Bills were going to take Cleo Mack, Defensive Player of the Year. It would have been awesome playing for his, not his hometown, but who we played college for. And we take Sammy Watkins and he turns out to be 
I don't know if a bust is the right word, but for trading up, giving up assets for him, maybe not utilizing him correctly and what amounted to pretty bad offenses through the Sammy Watkins years. Pretty, I'd say disappointment is the right word. Not a bust, but a huge disappointment. So that is my second most memorable Bills draft moment. Mm -hmm. I certainly remember that moment. I certainly remember exactly where I was in the living room, what seat I was in on the couch, and being a little cautiously worried, like, what did we give up just to go from nine to four? But then thinking, like, it's got to be for Mac. And then I was so excited because I'm immediately thinking, so where should we build the statue of Khalil Mack? Should it go on campus at UB? Should it go at the stadium? Should it go downtown? I don't know, but I I was thrilled. All three locations. That was going to happen. Yeah, one in each. And then, I, I mean, I was thrilled by that. I had already grown to, you know, become a fan of Khalil Mack. So then it said right. Sammy Watkins. And I was like, well, that this is also a time where, like, wide receivers were not even in regard. <laughs> it's right. like it wasn't even in vogue to have, like, a super fantastic wide receiver. So it really blew my mind. And I was just like, well, I'll root for him. <laughs> and I mean... We'll see what happens. Yeah, there is a I bill. Mean, I, I, I know I liked him. Like, I think I liked him in college. Like, I think I liked him right. in Clemson. So in that sense, it wasn't like when we drafted Josh or when we drafted Aaron Maven. And I was just like, right. I had to get away from myself because I was convinced immediately, well, this is a bust and a waste of time. Right. But some of the guys taken after Sammy Watkins will drive you nuts. Cleo Mack, as we mentioned, Mike Evans was the seventh pick. Could have traded up for him. Multiple thousand yard seasons. On the Bucks, Anthony Barr, very good linebacker, Pro Bowl linebacker. Aaron Donald, Super Bowl tackles champion. Tackles a little low, if you ask me. What's that? Anthony Barr tackles a little low, if you ask oh. me. <laughs> very funny. You can jump right over can him. Jump over him. Yes. Right. Aaron Donald, generational defensive player, taken 13th. Just look at the wide receivers alone that were drafted or that were drafted after Sammy Watkins. Mike Evans, of course. Odell Beckham Jr. Devontae Adams was a second round pick that year. Calvin Benjamin. Calvin Benjamin. <laughs> Maybe not the best uh, comparison as to <laughs> who's better than Sammy Watkins, yeah. but Alan, Alan Robinson, Jarvis Landry. I mean, it was a heavy high receiver draft. John Brown. Dante Moncrief, I would say, had a pretty comparable career to Sammy Watkins. It's just what is super deep a wide receiver that draft. So to trade off to get that guy, and yeah, he was really good in college. I will not omit that fact, but it was just not the right move and not the right time. So that was number two on my list. Tony, who was mm-hmm. uh what's your number two most memorable? Okay, this is my mode? this is my number two. Well, as you said, what a moment it was to see it all go down with Khalil Mack and to have a UB guy in the mix at that point. I'll say this. I'll I'll take a moment that goes back to the first draft that I watched with intensity. And that is the moment that I basically, I don't want to say realized, but the moment that something relevant happened with UB for the first time in my life. And it was the year 2000. It was pick 233. Drew Haddad becomes a Buffalo Bill. All the hype is there that, hey, there's some eligible UB players in this draft. And you go... <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. And you go, what? <laughs> and then and then they say, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, there's a fullback involved and there's a there's a center involved. And there's also Drew Haddad, who's this white wide receiver. And they perceive him to be pretty fast. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> and then UB? And then all of a sudden you're watching in the infancy of a draft broadcast where like people would criticize you for watching the seventh round of the draft. And now it's a huge event. Because <laughs> Drew had uh... The Buffalo Bills have selected Drew Haddad, University of Buffalo, just going for the North Towns and South Towns. And I go, what? We, we ended up drafting this guy for UB? This is insane. 
And then you think about it even right. more, like later on. And then Mike Williams is a Buffalo connection that doesn't get drafted inside of us. Naaman Roosevelt. I would say Roosevelt was a, a better prospect than Drew Haddad. Oh, yeah. And is not someone that we drafted. So that right. I would say that moment, the first overlap, the first blending of royal blue and slightly lighter shade of royal blue, <laughs> the first blending of football in the North Towns and football in the South Towns was like yep. a head, it was a head explosion. Right. We have a not a legit college program, but a college program that produces guys who can get drafted in the NFL. But the Bills did it. So it's like, is right. it real? Yeah. Exactly. I was a huge Naaman fan. So, like, that's where I always go to in terms of, like, mm-hmm. UB players who play for the Bills. I still think Naaman's touchdown against the Jets was, like, one of the more electrifying moments of that year <laughs> when he just took that, like, inside slant and, like, right. 80 yards to the house. Where, See, like, holy I- shit, Naaman Roosevelt did something. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, Naaman Roosevelt might actually be good. This isn't just a Bills UB thing. This is, like, something. This, this is just, really like, a something. UB charity right thing right a charity thing but i thought the cam lewis thing was a ub charity thing he's still on the team and he's good i love cam lewis yeah and he's good me too i agree he's objectively like he's objectively okay right he might be our starting outside cornerback i know the first game this year yeah that's who knows yeah (laughs) tony my number three third and final pick couple choices but i think i'm gonna go uh marcel darius Oh, 2011, third overall pick, picked right after Von Miller, if it's any consolation to the current Bills roster. But it's really most memorable for me because it's the first time I think I watched the combine. I don't watch it start to finish, but first time I watched like significant amount of combine tape film airing, whatever. And Marcel there is like my combine crush. And the first time I had a combine crush get drafted by the Bills, I saw Marcel Darius do the shuttle and the three cone. And the man was an athletic freak of nature. And I'm like, the Bills got to take this guy. They need a defensive tackle. He's awesome. He's a beast. So my first combine crush that actually got drafted by the Bills, Marcel Darius, that's why he's falling at number three for me. Wow. So you took three like memorable because of their disappointment. You took three bad situations. <laughs> You're right. I did. Obviously, I mean, you could throw like Josh in there because right. he's the franchise quarterback we've always yeah. not only but hoped you have for, to, but yeah, dreamed yeah. of. You have, to look, you have to look at these in a vacuum. You can't look at these as right. like it was memorable because of what it became. It was memorable. That moment was memorable. Right. You're right. And yeah, for me, exactly. and for me, my final pick is I think there's probably a lot of listeners right now who are going to breathe a sigh of relief that this is my final pick because i bet you they've been screaming at their iphone 10s for (laughs) that like this is the obvious pick to them and i agree it is a very memorable moment it's a moment that will live in the lore for ages and generations to come do you know what i'm going to say because i feel like you do i think Uh, you're going to say Aaron maven No, I'm not. No, drafting Harrison Phillips. Oh, okay. And I think that a lot of people would say that they remember that moment. I specifically remember, I will always remember, it was either Rich Eisen or maybe it was Mike Mayock or someone who was like at the desk, just kind of audibly saying their thoughts of let him make the pick. And then Fred Jackson did let him make the pick. And then that was also, that was the start of Pancho's fame. But also, I don't care how much was real and how much was fake. I don't know the ratio of well, how much was real and how much was fake, how much was planned, how much wasn't. Was but that moment fake. of, yeah, we're plucking this guy out of the crowd. I think that was pre-planned and like he comes right, in and right. does it. All this relationship, you know, it was, but it was, it was a great moment. It was a viral moment. It was certainly a moment that set off a big piece of yeah. Bill's culture 
culture and a major connection between Harrison Phillips and Poncho and through uh, Poncho and the Buffalo family. So the way that they executed that was a thing of beauty. So I don't care how much was real, how much was fake. I enjoyed it. I'm going to remember it. It was one of those draft moments that this is what the modern draft has become. Of right. It's it's a, it's a, of its its moments. It's viral moments. And I'm I here think for you it. Mentioned I'm ready it. for it. Yeah. And you mentioned it too, like the connection between now the Bills Mafia and the organization. That moment felt like kind of the jumping off point of the organization embracing the fans and Bills Mafia and really interweaving the culture of the fan base into the culture of the organization. Or So I think that's a great, strong, solid number one pick. I thought um, it had to be drafted, it, yeah. It, 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 is, it is fitting, very fitting. It was, it was a very memorable moment. So, Tony, I have some honorable mentions. Ran them off real quick. I don't know if you had any. Uh, I have some. 1971, J.D. Hill, drafted fourth overall by the Bills. Didn't know he was drafted till three days later. Nobody from the Bills told him he was being drafted by the Bills. I have in 1979, Tom Cosinow. I think that I'm pronouncing that correctly. It was before I was born again. But uh, he was drafted first overall by the Bills, a pick they got from the O.J. Simpson trade. And uh, he fled to Canada <laughs> and never played for the Bills. And finally, I mentioned it before on a podcast prior my favorite bills draft moments modern era the bills drafting sean nelson tight end first time i remember watching the draft seeing the guy that was number one on mel kuyper's big board get drafted by the bills so that made me excited and i was very excited for sean nelson and still think he got done dirty because they didn't blow the whistle soon enough and ray lewis took the ball from him after he got a first down <laughs> those are my honorable mentions tony Mine largely surround any time that it was like one of my guys were drafted by the Bills. So I think right. about that with the likes of Voshan Joseph was drafted. But I think about that when, the, when we drafted the quarterback I wanted in EJ Manuel. I was psyched. That's who you no wanted? Else, that's who I wanted hard, yeah. Oh, God. And uh, that is... And I, I was psyched up. Podcast, anyway. <laughs> no one else in the room was psyched up, but oh. he seemed like the right choice to me. I also have the moment that I said to myself, oh, Josh Allen might be cool. And it was when he threw, he autographed a hat and threw it back up to the balcony and it went to the right person. Yes. And then he just looks at the report and says, accuracy. <laughs> and the, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Josh, Allen's, Josh Allen might be all right. He, like as far yeah. as a, a personality. That was the like, moment. Right, this go. Little did we know he's like the perfect human. So then, right. um, <laughs> and then the only other, the only honorable mention I had, of course, is uh, when Bricks drafted Des Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah which the is look wild. our friend and, for listeners who don't know the story which i'm assuming is all <laughs> right. our friend brian, <laughs> our friend brian we call him bricks uh got to announce a draft pick side by side with steve tasker on uh, i guess he, i think it was the nfl network i think it was cast i believe mm -hmm. and in new york in the studio they saw these kind of a crunchy jack or something what do they call yeah. crunchy hippie jack or something like that yeah something like that yeah. they gave him some slow it was hilarious but you got to announce the uh the des lewis pick so we are forever des lewis fans in our, in our present group i still think des lewis could be something tony preseason favorite preseason all-star for the bills uh um, he was he seemed like he never... had the measurables for us he did there's there's a moment i 
remember capturing it on the telecast where Bricks and Steve Tasker give a glance to each other and it's this like fleeting moment where it's like they look like they're they're really bonding. It was just it was just very funny to see. So our friend on a national telecast like that. But that's Bricks. That's what happens. That's what happened. Tony, moving on to this year's draft. Let's pull up our live mock draft simulator. We will do the draftnetwork.com. That's my favorite one. You can there's many. Oh, okay. PFF is my many, favorite one. PFF is your favorite one. That's very yeah, anti bills of you. So nobody you know, likes, just so nobody likes PFF. Tony, before we get started, do you think there's any chance Brandon Bean could trade up into let's just say the top twelve this no. year? Wait, roster? No, we're not doing that. You don't think so? No. Brandon Bean does love his draft capital. So, and I think I I don't think it's a possibility either. With all these guys getting paid, I think he's looking for cheap depth, mm-hmm. and that's going to come with a high volume of draft picks. So, I don't think he does it either. I'd be very surprised if he did. But maybe if if we know anything, it's Bean and his scouting department and his staff trust their big board. Like if there's a guy they like, they're going to try to do anything they can to go get him whether it's trade up for Josh Allen, trade up for Tremaine Edmonds, you know, trade down for Tredavious White. I mean, I, I think Bean is is the, his draft board is, is the holy grail and he, he sticks to it pretty, pretty heavily. So maybe there's a like a guy like Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati, of course, who they have as their top player in the draft. And if he's there at 12, do you go up and get him knowing you have some thinness at CB, need some some talent at cornerback right now, despite our praise for Campbell a couple minutes ago? I could see it happening. There's not a lot of roster spots to fill. There's not a lot of, especially impact spots to fill, a lot of depth spots to fill maybe, but cornerback would be one. So I don't think it's possible, but in the back of my mind, there's 10% and Iota of my brain is thinking it could happen. So let's run this mock draft simulator. So Bill's at 25, of course. So in this mock draft simulator, Chris Olave, wide receiver, taken right before the Bills, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Guy, I've seen a lot of uh, mocks had the had the, have going to the Bills. Jameson Williams from Alabama, another wide receiver. Tony, there's uh, a couple guys on here that I really like. My guy, and we'll talk about defensive guys later, but I'm really starting to like talk about a guy maybe they could trade up a couple spots for, maybe not all the way up into the first round in the top 12 for a guy like Sauce Gardner, but Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback of Clemson, really liking him. He just reminds me of Travis White, like a guy who can play different schemes on the defense, whether it's man press, getting aggressive, or instinctual zone. Just I think he's just a really good all-around player, but looking at the available player here anybody catch your eye offense or defense if it shakes out like this for me i am running to the podium to draft Jahan dotson it's who i was gonna go for too actually like when wow, we say okay. who's a yeah. guy that who, who's a guy that bills can target in the first round Jahan dotson stands out like so much to me you watch any highlights of Jahan dotson at penn state wide receiver of course the man has like sticky gloves, like like hot hands from little giants, like sticky gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just seems to catch everything. I just think he'd be such a valuable weapon if, if he gets drafted and you're running out Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, and Dotson. That is a mix of skill and speed and route running ability that a lot of teams are going to struggle with. And Dorsey's going to have a open playbook in terms of what kind of offense he can run, the routes these receivers can run the different things they can do with those guys and their talents. I love this pick. I think he's the best route runner in this wide receiver class.
class. I think he has the best catch radius in this wide receiver class, the best separation. I mean, he's he's awesome between speed and skill and route running ability. And he can learn so much from Diggs, so much to really take him to the next level. I would love that pick. That's a that's a guy on the offensive side of the ball. And <laughs> we talk about first round targets on the offensive side. He's my first pick because of where in the draft the Bills are are drafting at 25 and, and who could be there when they draft. John Dotson's a guy I constantly see there and I hope he gets drafted. I, I love him. <laughs> and I'm scorned. I, I need to also say, and I'm scoring the Bills to not take another Penn State wide receiver a few years back in Chris Godwin. So I don't want to miss out a second time around on a on a Penn State receiver I really like. So just wanted to say that. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. The guy has unbelievable hands. The guy ha- is tremendous route runner. The guy is also fits the mold of like who I've been saying of, I want a little twerky speedster to just wreak havoc around there. Right. He, he satisfies every need that I feel like I have in the short term for this season but then also just because of his insane measurables and athleticism he also satisfies like the long-term strategy that i have in my mind a lot of our beloved players aren't going to be around forever because we cannot pay everybody so i mean this is also a great guy to, to let come in and then over the years takes on more and more of a role but this year to have this addition to the offense, come on. The the word unstoppable comes to mind. And he's a process guy. He's a hard worker. I appreciate that. But man, being able to have a weapon like that in offense, really just, I'm salivating. So if, if we were to be able to draft him, and he's really the only wide receiver because I, you know, recognize and have high anxiety surrounding the cornerback situation. He's the right. only wide receiver that I would be like, well, no, he's there. Therefore, you have to take him. With any other wide receiver, I'd be like, we really got to weigh this and make sure it's not worth it to take the corner because this is the reality the reality of our situation if Dotson's there forget it I'm like I need Dotson just get Dotson Dotson we got Dotson here that's what I need <laughs> yeah the only hesitancy I have is is this the right time for a wide receiver I think especially with small shifty guys like Dotson is he's 5'11 175 whatever and then there's there's a lot of slot receivers I like in this draft Sky Moore Calvin Austin the third a guy you love I know I do um, love him John Michi the third out of Alabama coming off an injury I think you can get him lower than he was probably projected if he didn't get injured. So I love, I love him um, a lot too, just a little bit less than Kelvin. Yeah. Austin the third. So is this the right time to take receivers is something I question, but I think Dotson has just so many traits and dynamic traits and he's ready. He's NFL ready now. Uh, so I don't think you can pass that up. Another guy looking at the defensive side of the ball that's available here, Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah, guy who I absolutely love. And I love him for the fact that I think he brings like everything Tremaine Edmonds does not to the linebacker position. I, I know I bag on Trey a lot, Tremaine Edmonds a lot, and, and you're more of a fan than I am. I think Tremaine is a, a very good player. Do I think he justifies trading up into the middle of the first round and uh, a huge payday? No, absolutely not. And there's a lot of deficiencies he needs to work on. So if they're not willing to pay him, drafting a linebacker early is uh, a clear indication that that might be the case. Or maybe they do something they did earlier in Tremaine's careers, rookie year. They ran more of a base for three. And I know that's not what they do now. They run the nickel with Taron Johnson, but maybe they can go back to that with, with a guy like Devin Lloyd manning the middle, who seems more suited to play middle linebacker. He was a former safety. I love that about him. He's 
think he's I think safeties see the field in a different way than than a guy that has played linebacker his entire career like Tremaine Edmonds has. So in Devin Lloyd, I feel like has more athleticism. He's more sideline to sideline guy. So maybe you drafted Devin Lloyd and move Tremaine to that Lorenzo Alexander role. Like I mentioned, Tremaine had early in his career. And that's when I thought Tremaine was kind of at his, his best, like when he had Lorenzo Alexander rushing from the from the outside linebacker position or playing that position i maybe i could see tremaine taking that lorenzo role seems much better in the box than in pass coverage maybe they convert him outside i'm trying to make it work with tremaine in my opinion so uh i think devin Lloyd would be a great pick uh he reminds me a lot of like a roquan smith so i I think we just need a pure sideline to sideline guy and uh that's a defensive player that that stands out to me Man, I like Devin Lloyd a lot. I like the strategy. Like, my thing is this. If we're going to go down this road of we're drafting and developing an heir apparent to Tremaine Edmonds because Edmonds hasn't, because we're deciding that, because we're deciding that for what Edmonds does and who he is and his pay scale isn't all going to, you know, it's not all going to work out and match up together because he doesn't do a lot and what he doesn't and what he does do, it's not maybe not even that impressive. Right. Then we don't need to waste a for I shouldn't say waste. We don't need to use a first round pick on his air apparent replacement. Get a third round linebacker in there. Just get some other fast guy and then he can develop for the year and then probably find and be fine enough. Yeah. And, and it looks a, I mean it's deep it's deep at linebacker. They're going to be out there. But I think that our right. first round pick could be better spent elsewhere if all we're looking for someone to do is what Tremaine Edmonds does on the cheaper. Well, it doesn't take a first rounder to do that. So yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And I do think this class is deep in terms of mid-round linebackers. There's a lot I like, and we'll get into those more next week when we talk some defensive targets that we want for the Bills. But I think we're all in agreement. John Dotson here, first pick, round one. Let's do it up. John Dotson, submit Ooh, the card. We, submit the card. The pick is in. Da-da-da-da-da. How does that, like, chiming go? Right? I think that's like the... I know. I think that's the NHL honey's music. Tony, second pick, pick 50... Second round pick, pick 57 for the Bills. Is it I mean, dun, 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 dun. I, I don't know. <laughs> now I'm confused. Oh, 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 man. I know what it is. It goes, the chime is this. Ba, da, ba, ba, ba. Yes, Straight that's it. In. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. it. I'm loving it. Yep. Pick is in. <laughs> Tony, we took Dotson with our first pick. Second round pick. We got a couple uh, running backs here available. One that has been recently in for a visit with the Bills and Brees Hall out of, uh, out of Iowa State. Could you see the Bills doing this in terms of already having a high-powered offense, already having one of the best offenses in the league, taking back-to-back in their first two picks, offensive players, offensive weapons for Josh. Could you see that happening? No, okay. because we have need on our team and I think that there is definitely a pressure surrounding the cornerback situation but for the purposes of our exercise yeah we're gonna make that happen because we're focused on offensive players this week so it is with that half in mind that I'm saying there's a really good running back who's insanely fast and has a RAS score of 9.95 and has been into visit and excites me and we're is going to electrify this offense. Matt, the swirling winds of the Ralph, let's slow those down to a stiff breeze and get Hall in this organization. I'd be thrilled if Brees Hall was in here. And now my need that I've been hyping up for like months of, I want 
want like a twitchy, speedy guy. I want like a Tyreek Hill style to be in there and add a new layer to this offense. Oh, now we got him not once, but twice. We have him at the wide receiver position and at the running back position. Whew. Boy, let, let Josh that, play. That offense let, is let the guy scary. Have fun. That, if that I'm, off, I'm if scared this, by it. If you, if you give Brees Hall and Jahan Dotson and they they are all they are hyped up to be, this offense is putting up, you got to imagine, 35 points a game. And it's not even like a struggle for them to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Just seems literally unstoppable at this point. Remember when they said that no one had ever done the perfect game in history after Josh did it? It right. would become commonplace. How many times would he break his own record? I mean, come on. Uh, I love Brees Hall. I think the, he's on. he's definitely on the Bills' radar. He was in for a visit or the Bills have had meetings with him. He reminds me a lot of like early Le'Veon Bell. Just like he's very instinctually intelligent with his with how he runs, patiently waiting for holes to open up. But he has the burst and the speed in case in zone blocking schemes where he can get through the holes or stretch out the field. So I like Brees Hall. There's a couple other running backs I like as well. Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan State, very productive college career. Also super fast. Yep, also super fast. And a guy who's also super fast and who's hit my radar recently, Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M running back. It's about it's about time we get another spiller in the organization since the first one didn't really pan out. But uh, he's dynamic as well. If you watch any highlights of him, I mean, you see a burst that might might be the best one in the draft. Uh, yes, all these guys are fast, but it's that like initial half a second after they get the handoff. Can they get through the hole and, and hit that burst? I think Isaiah Spiller is one of the best at that. So a lot of different options. Also some linebacker options who I love here. Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. But we'll talk about defensive guys next week. Tony, let's just go offense. Let's go offensive heavy. Let's score 40 points a game. We'll go Brees Hall. Okay. It's Pick not, him up. It's not, it's not often. I think Ryan Talbot of nyup.com put out a tweet regarding how often the bills draft players that they have in or that they meet with for pre-draft visits like it's josh allen tremaine Edmonds, the big names but other than that the hit rate is is low or the ratio is low so just because they have these guys in it could be smoke it could be legit interest we don't we don't know but i think Brees hall is super talented enough that I, I think there's something to them having him in for a visit so tony moving on to the third round before we pick the guy who's a guy in these mid rounds here like three to five who you want the bills to get like you would kill for the bills to get uh a name that really sticks out maybe he's not available here in our live mock but what if he was who's the one guy you'd want the bills to to really get in the mid rounds here (laughs) there's another running back that's been getting a lot of hype and i am buying into the hype on rashad white oh okay running back out of arizona state he is of course i'm scolded by the I don't, I don't really like Duke Johnson. I was far more excited about Kissick. And now a lot of people are hyping up this Rashad White, and he's someone who could be maybe a little bit more McKissicky than, yeah. uh, than Duke Johnson's going to be. But still with some physicality, I like Rashad White. I like his speed. I like his receiving ability. Could add that dynamic to the offense, so I'd be excited about that. Uh, and he has been in for a visit, so that's someone who on offense I kind of am thinking like in the, in the mid rounds. And I say that because I think that a lot of my guys like I think of myself I think of the meat of this draft as being in like the 60 to, to 80 range right. and in my mind in the 60 to 80 range that's where you're going to see my three biggest draft crushes who I think are Michi as my third as my number three in that list my number two is Calvin Austin the second or forgive me Calvin Austin the third not his father <laughs> and then number one of course 
is we'll take the Joe father too. Yeah, we'll take the father. Get, bring the whole family in. They can hang out with Sister yeah. Jean and the grandma, Grandma Powa. And grandma Yvonne. <laughs> right. And number one is Jojo Doman. I love Jojo Doman. So I, I'm i thinking that they're going a little too early to be considered quote-unquote mid-round. Uh, so that's why I'm saying I have to go with Rashad White, who I think would fall to the mid-rounds and could be really helpful. Filling in McKissick role, getting due Johnson out of here because I basically don't like him and it'd be a lot of fun. Why, yeah, a lot of Duke Johnson hasn't has not played it down for the Bills. I have a guy who you mentioned last week in our favorite names of the NFL draft. I have Cole Strange. Oh, I do like Cole offensive Strange. lineman out of Chattanooga. I was reading reports about him. I was reading up on him as a guy who's under the radar. Obviously, he didn't go to a Power Five conference, uh, big conference school playing at Chattanooga, but he just seems like a guy who who fits the process, if you will, to be cliche as possible. The report I read said there isn't anything physically appealing about Cole Strange. Great start, by the way. Um, <laughs> he's barely over 300 pounds. His muscles aren't especially toned, and he plays without any gloves or armbands. Now, I do appreciate that last final sentence there of not playing without any gloves or armbands. Getting Nick O'Leary vibes from that. Yep. We love Nick O'Leary, of course. Of course. No gloves O'Leary. So convert that to an offensive lineman and I'm sold already. But the positive that this report did mention was he's incredibly tough and he has an incredible feel for the position. So he might not be super muscular or ideal size and, and weights, but he knows how to play the position and he's versatile to play any position along the offensive line, which we know McDermott loves. And he's a, he's a competitor. He'll compete. I mean, if they can give Connor McDermott multiple shots to try to get make this roster cole strange is a guy who feels like much more talented than connor mcdermott ever was and uh yes we're, we're we got connor mcdermott slander on this podcast this week but it said he might not be this the strongest or the biggest but he might be the toughest guy out on the field and i i think there's a spot for a guy like that on, on any nfl roster so i think he'd be great depth along the offensive line especially at guard where we we probably are a little lacking right now so Cole Strange was my guy in the mid rounds who I'd like to see the Bills get. Cole Strange is someone who I read an article about a couple of weeks ago. And basically, since that moment, like he's already on the team in my mind because <laughs> right. he seems like he seems like he's exactly the kind of offensive lineman. And I think that we're targeting an interior offensive lineman, but he's like exactly the guy that fits all of their preferences. He's right. high risk score, super athletic, high competitive edge, big process guy, hard worker. He fits so much of checks what a, he checks a lot I of feel boxes. like they look they look for. Yeah, he checks a lot of boxes. Yep. Yeah. So in the, so in that sense, in my mind, I'm like, well, we're probably almost definitely gonna draft Cole Strange. <laughs> right. He does feel like a, a quintessential bean draft pick. Uh yeah. Tony, looking at the available players here, we have Cheney Tyndale, stout Georgia defense this year, uh linebacker from Georgia. A uh, guy the Bills brought in, Isaiah Likely, tight end, uh, who I think has, he might be a little raw, but has a super high ceiling. Really like Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Scrolling down, Matt Areza, mm -hmm. the, the best punter ever to grace a football field, from what I read. Just mega leg could be a great Matt Hawk replacement. Uh, and a guy like Jojo Doman, as we scroll down here is available as well. Tony, who are you looking at? Are you looking at your guy Jojo here at 89? Well, of, well, of course I am, but he's not an offense. So well, we don't need to take all offensive guys. Oh, okay. Oh, well, if we don't need to take all offensive, obviously Jojo is my pick. 
then obviously it's JoJo time. Who else we got over here? Emerson. Don't really like him. I don't know. There's a lot of tight ends. Yeah, really but none like... of these tight ends are the tight end I'm targeting. I don't like Josh Williams out of Fayetteville State. No, his name's too boring. Yes. He, he does have good length and athleticism from what I read, but you're right. His name's too boring. It's not it's mm-hmm. it's not a name like JoJo Doman. Yeah. Yeah. I think we gotta go Do- JoJo here. We got Wandale Robinson. Oh, Wandale. Another now if we're talking names. <laughs> we're talking name. names. That's that a name, name. That's a name you draft. Right. Yeah, I guess I give my blessing on Jojo Doman based on what is around here at this time. Oh, that's my that's another one of my guys though, Jelani Woods. Tight end from Virginia. Oh yeah. Perfect RAS score. Ten out of ten. Most athletic Love. tight end in the history of the draft. Yes. So that's actually a great segue because Jelani Woods was my guy in like the later rounds. Me too. And he might Me not too. be there in the later rounds, but a guy right. who I thought the Bills could target in the later rounds because I'm hoping he falls. I mean, you're right. A perfect RAS score, 6'6", 260. And this is why I thought you'd love him, Tony, or why I knew you'd like him. Former QB. Mm-hmm. You love those mm-hmm. former QBs who convert to tight end. Logan I Thomas, do. Tyree Jackson. <laughs> yep. We can't we can't miss on it. We missed on Logan Thomas. We missed on Tyree Jackson. You know, Tyree Jackson hasn't been a productive player, but he yeah. is and one year. And we only year missed on Logan of, Thomas and that we let him go. Right, exactly. But right. Tyree Jackson, one year into playing tight end from quarterback, he made the Eagles roster, so they see something in him. I don't want to miss out again on a former quarterback converting to tight end. Jelani Woods, tight end for Virginia, former quarterback for Oklahoma State. Just love everything I read about him. Super athletic, being a former quarterback, competitive blocker. Uh, he's just new to the position, just very raw. He reminds me a lot of Donald Parham, who now plays for the Chargers. Big target, 6'8 guy, 2 whatever, 52, 60. Wasn't drafted, didn't stick on any teams coming out of college. Went to the AAF, really excelled there, made a name for himself, and caught on with the Chargers, and now he's a a very reliable tight end too. So kind of getting the same vibes from Jelani Woods. I really love the athleticism, the high RAS score, the fact that he's a former QB. I'm right with you in terms of a guy who I hope drops because of that rawness at the position. But I think teams are going to see the high RAS, the athleticism, the potential, the high ceiling. And I think he's going to go like in maybe rounds four or five. I'm hoping he drops, but I think that's where he's going to target. But that's one of my guys too, Tony. I'm right with you. See, Best case slash worst case, depending on your perspective, is I think you're right, like maybe even third or rounds four or five. But then I think about what happened last year because I feel like a lot of this stuff could have been said about Thaddeus Moss. And then Thad Moss is just falling and falling and falling forever. And then he didn't even stick with the team this year. So I wonder if we're saying that with these measurables and then the scene is set for him to really fall into the late rounds. And then someone takes a flyer on him, but like seeing a different kind of player because they're seeing him as a player, whereas we're seeing him as an athlete. You know, I wonder what's going to happen. Not only is this someone that I like, that I'm rooting for, that I'm hoping for to become a Bill. um, And a lot of that also has to do with OJ Howard is here on a one-year contract contract and this can be kind of you know a cheaper better long-term replacement for filling that role whatever role that ends up being um and the purpose that we signed in but i would love woods to i think come in and be sort of groomed for that role but i i'm curious even objectively outside of all this what will happen how do people view him is it a thaddeus moss situation is it different is it the same because i feel like his situation like he could wind up going anywhere in this draft and i want to see how it turns out 
Yeah, that's a good comparison. I like that Thaddeus Moss comparison there. Tony, round four, pick 130. We got Matt Areza still on the board, punter mm-hmm. out of San Diego State. A couple guys I like throwing down the list here. Alex Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. If we take Dotson in the first, I don't think I don't think we're taking more than one receiver in this draft. That, that's just my opinion. Rashad White, a guy you just mentioned White. running back, mm-hmm. is still there. Kobe Bryant. Oh, uh, cornerback out of Cincinnati. Kobe. <laughs> one of our best names. Uh, Josh Joby, cornerback out of Alabama. Tony, who are you eyeing with this mm. fourth round pick here? My heart says two names. Of course, Kobe Bryant I like. Because we haven't taken a corner yet in this draft. We have not. But it's because we're trying to make it an offensive-centric draft. So in that sense, Kobe could be cool. Obviously, I, you know, I have been spoken out about Rashad White. Depends on what I your like strategy Co- is. I like Kobe Bryant. Okay. I think I think if you can get him in the fourth round, obviously playing across from Sauce Gardner this year, but he has the pedigree. He's coached by Ted Ginn Sr., who's a very notable coach in the college ranks. His brother plays for the Cardinals. I mean, he has the pedigree. He's known for great ball skills, great instincts. So the quick trigger. I, I really like Kobe Bryant, and every time he makes a play, if I can yell Kobe, I think that would just be the cherry on top here. So I know we're trying to go offensive heavy, but I think we we filled some needs with Brees Hall and, and Dodson, and I mm-hmm. think uh, we obviously need cornerbacks. So I like Bryant here in the fourth round. Are you good with that? Yeah, as long as uh, Jelani Woods was drafted already, right? Yeah, he was taken already. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Should have made trades. Should have traded up. All right, Tony, let's rattle off rounds five through seven here. Okay, to me, to me, the pick is obvious right now. Is it? Is it who I'm thinking as well? Yeah. Best player is it available. Is It is. Best player available. A need for this team, obviously, mm-hmm. based on Matt Hawk's performance last year. I, If he lasts to round five, I'd be shocked. And if he was there when the Bills Same. picked and he was the he was the Bills pick, I would be super happy in round five. Uh, Me too. I think we got to take him here. Matt Areza, huge leg. What do they even say about him? No analyst reports found. They're not mm-hmm. even bothering with the punters. Rude. On the draft network, he is... Oh, they don't even have any other punters listed. You can't even filter by punters. Yep. <laughs> He's the only guy. All right, we're taking him. Matt Hawk, you are snipped. You're gone. Tony, moving on to round six. Any names stick out here for you? Couple running backs. We've taken a running back mm-hmm. with Brees Hall. We obviously still have Singletary and Zach Moss. I think our running back position is pretty filled by now. Yusuf Corker, a guy who fell on my best names list last week. A guy I really like here, Jerome McKinley the third. not only because I have a soft spot for uh, the thirds, like John Johnson or Kelvin Austin, <laughs> but Jerome McKinley, safety out of Oregon. I, I think he's just really good. He played at a, at a big-time school. He's an impactful player. I, I think he's... Just got really good ball skills and meeting his report is he's, he's he's favorable to zone schemes and things like that. So I, I just think this could be a, a nice pick. And last time we took an Oregon safety, it worked out pretty well in Jarris Bird. So why not run it back? You sold me, any pick other, him up. The only other the only other no other names are sticking out. I was kind of hoping the Bills would get a tight end by this point in the process, right. but maybe that's just not meant to be because none of these names are sticking out. So I mean, Pierre Strong sticks out to me, but we have a running back. Yeah, so. Right. And if the Bills don't draft a tight end, I'm okay with that, knowing how little they used two tight ends last year. Now, Mm -hmm. Dorsey might go more two tight end heavy packages with OJ Howard now in the fold. We'll see. But I just don't think they utilize a tight end enough. There's enough. There's only so much ball to go around between Diggs and Davis and Knox and whoever else. McKenzie. Hopefully he's utilized more. Uh, 
I like Verone McKinley. If he can hit a ceiling and you just, you're just volumizing, you know, replacements for Poyer, maybe if if he leaves, you got McKinley in the fold. You got Demar Hamlin. You got Josh Thomas. You got Jaquan Johnson. I hopefully one of those guys hits, but you're playing the numbers game right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the pick here. And Let's I have a great nickname for him. <laughs> What's that? If, if McKinley becomes a bill, we call him the assassinator. I don't even want to know why. <laughs> oh, you don't? Oh, because William McKinley was assassinated in Buffalo. Oh, okay. President William I McKinley. Thought, okay. All right. You're going. No, it doesn't make historical. sense because he's the assassinator and McKinley right. was assassinated. But you're going more historical and I appreciate that. I, I thought you were going to go more modern based on uh, recent happenings at local McKinley High School. But no, that's an interesting point. Also, mm, maybe we <laughs> pump the brakes on this one. Maybe we pump the brakes on that nickname real quick. Tony, seventh round, pick 203. I think the Bills have two more picks left. I think they have two in the seventh round, if I'm not mistaken. Pick 203. What what are we looking at here? What is, is there a guy, I mentioned Jelani Woods as hopefully a late round UDFA target who who I hope falls. Uh, is there any guy who caught your eye when you're doing your research of, of a guy who could be in the fifth to seventh rounds or maybe undrafted who you think people could be sleeping on? No, I mean, Woods is who I have, who is my go-to guy in that yeah. respect. We're with, all within, in on Jelani Woods. Yeah, we're all, yeah, exactly. We're all in on Woods. In this situation, when I'm running these mocks. These mocks? That's, yeah, the mocks. I really have Some to, I, I'm really taking flyers by this point, really analyzing things from the perspective of like, you know, positional needs. What position do I think has the best chance of, of making the team? Yeah, so exactly. I'm, I'm trying in to see anything here, else. Is anything sticking out to you? I kind of like Isaac Taylor Stewart, cornerback, mm-hmm. USA Today first team All-American, track player. So, I mean, he has the athleticism. I think at this point, you're just looking for traits or qualities that stand out, whether it's like elite speed. Maybe they're not the best at their position, but you hope they have. You're looking for a guy who has qualities that maybe your coaching staff can coach up and make him a, a viable option for the roster at one point down the line. So uh, I look at Isaac Taylor Stewart as a guy, plus we're thin at cornerback. So why not bring in Elijah Griffin's running mate at USC? I, I, I wouldn't mind that. I don't know if anyone else is sticking out here to you. I don't really think anybody's sticking out. I mean, I would take a flyer on one of these tight ends because yeah. to me, it's like safer because there's no, put it, you can make an argument for any type of tight end and any type of player. Could You could make the argument mm-hmm. For how they have a role on this team. So you could take a flyer on one of these tight ends, but I'm also very comfortable with this, with your logic, because I also share that logic of making the defensive back room a lot deeper. Right. Maybe Kevin Austin Jr. out of Notre Dame. We didn't get Kelvin mm. Austin the third, but maybe Kevin Austin. It's a nice consolation prize. Kevin yeah, Austin I think, Jr. Mm-hmm. I like one of these. Either Tariq Castro Fields out of Penn State or Isaac Taylor Stewart out of USC. Two guys that I have read about uh, in these later rounds here. So I'm okay with that pick. We got to deepen the CB room. Me too. Do it. That's it. That's all. Oh, wait. No, there was one more pick. I thought we traded a seventh round pick and there was one more. I wasn't wrong. Pick 231. I mean, you're just throwing darts at this point, right? Yes, there's, our, there's a guy so. smoke. There's a guy smoke Monday. He's up there. And I noticed. Maybe, the, maybe I noticed look, him. Maybe you look to the QB room. Case Keenum probably is a long term backup solution. Maybe you look for for a guy who you can coach up. I've read a lot of great things about Akil Glass out of Alabama A&M, small school swag offensive player of the year. Just as like a very athletic guy, could be like who's the backup in Baltimore? 
Hunley. Mm-hmm. Brett. It's not Brett Hunley. I think it's like Tyler Hunley or something. Get a, get a guy who just, again, seventh round pick who has, has something that stands out and whether it's athleticism or in a quarterback case, you know, arm strength or, you know, he's a game manager, something that stands out that you can coach up, maybe like a Deer King as well, um, became a household name in college. But I've read a lot of good things about Akil Glass. I think he's under the radar. I, I wouldn't mind bringing in a quarterback here as kind of a, a young option you can throw on the practice squad for the first year or two here and then eventually groom him to be Josh's backup down the line because Case Keenum's not going to be your long-term. Matt Barkley's not going to be your long-term. I think you got to groom someone. So I would be okay with grooming a seventh-round pick at this point. Me too. I mean, we're taking, like you said, we're taking, uh, we're grasping at straws here. It's all the unknown yep. in the seventh round. This is, and this would be the perfect time, I think, to, I mean, we lost, you know, we lost two quarterbacks. We lost three quarterbacks. We lost the whole right. We We gained two back. So there's still a spot for our system, you know, for the logistics yeah. of how we are used to running things. There's a spot in this, in this organization for another QB. We probably should have even taken one earlier. But yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Let's pick one up. Looking at the totality of this draft, the whole thing, I think we did pretty good here. Dodson in the yeah. first, Hall in the second, two really dynamic offensive weapons. You got Jojo Doman, a great, if anything, depth linebacker, uh, very good special teamer at, at the least, um, who could maybe eventually be starter one day. Kobe Bryant, very good cornerback out of Cincinnati in the fourth round. We got our punter to replace Matt Hawk, and we got some DB depth in the later rounds. And then Akil Glass as a groom prospect quarterback to back up Josh down the road. I, I like this draft a lot. <laughs> I think we did surprisingly well here. I like it too. I'm I'm very excited about a lot of these players. The only thing what the only thing that strikes me about this draft is that yeah, like this is what's possible when you're not constantly worried about who's going to be the other cornerback. Right. So if we could just shore that up via free agency, man, we could really have some fun in a couple of weeks. We could have right. this in a couple of weeks. Now I'm like, oh yeah, maybe we should just, you know, take some money and sign some sign someone. Let's do it. Let's get this going. Yeah, let's get this going. <laughs> uh draft very exciting. Next week, listeners, we'll do our defensive heavy who we're targeting on the defense side of the ball or who we'd like the Bills to target on the defense side of the ball. Tony, what do you say we wrap this episode up, though? Put a bow on it, baby. Let's wrap it up. We'll get a quick word from our sponsor, our friends at Traveling Growler, and we will be back after the break. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. All right, rolling right into it. And three, two, one. And we're back. Thank you to our sponsor, of course, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozie starting at just $5. They got koozies for bottles, cans, growlers. It's in the name. Check out the website. Really cool designs. Dingus Day coming up. They have Polish designs, Irish designs for St. Patrick's Day. If you missed that, you can get one for next year. Uh, but really cool autistic designs. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com. The Way Not Funny apparel store, t-shirts, hoodies, tanks, long sleeves, crew neck sweatshirts. Check it out. TEEspring.com. Search Witty Not Funny. All one word. All the cool designs. We're also transitioning the t-shirt store to the Built in Buffalo merch store. So you can check us out on the Built in Buffalo website as well. Built in Buffalo News. So that'll be exciting as well. Two places you can get Witty Not Funny apparel now. Check it out. Search Witty Not Funny. Currently on Teespring. Probably in about a week or two 
also on the Bills and Buffalo website. Uh, where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere you're finding podcasts or listen to for free. Of course, on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Search Built in Buffalo. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Go to Built in Buffalo's Twitter handle at Built in Buffalo underscore to check out all the great content, all the podcasts. If you like us, leave us a review, subscribe, check out the YouTube page, Built in Buffalo YouTube page, check out the Built in Buffalo Facebook page. You can find the podcast there as well. Multiple avenues for you to listen to this show. If you're trying, if you're tuning in for the first time, thank you for listening uh we always like to say whether you give us two hours or two minutes of your time we greatly appreciate it hope you're enjoying joining the witty nation here uh tony twitter handles where can the listeners find you at t-o-n-y-j-a-m-b-r-o-s-e enter a little spelling lesson for everyone I like to you break up <laughs> You do. You break it up very much um, <laughs> by slowly spelling your Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram, Witty Not Funny Facebook page. Give us a follow there as well. Post a podcast there. And of course, as I mentioned, anywhere built in Buffalo, you can find them. You can find us as well. Give us a follow. Follow back. We love connecting to the Bills, Mafia, the Sabre Stores people, the Buffalo sports community out there. Hit us up. Hit that follow button. Join the Witty Nation. Uh, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? Well, you kind of alluded to it. This is our last recording and podcast is coming out before Dingus Day coming up. So to all those who celebrate, I want to send a Nostrovia. Ah, very nice. Very nice. I am not Polish, so I will do something different. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. Uh, I was, as I always say, stay witty out there. Everyone. Stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Bills. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, thank you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.